This is At Risk Radio. Welcome to At Risk Radio. At Risk Radio is a show where we talk about leaders in the persecuted church all over the world. My name is Mark Stafford, and I'm here with David Witt. David Witt is the CEO of SOM International. Uh, David, we have coming up in November the International Day of Prayer for the Persecuted Church. What is that, and uh, how could people introduce the idea of praying for the persecuted church in their own local congregations? Yeah, so the history is in the 90s, as the church began to notice more and more the escalation of persecution, Christian leaders came together around the world and decided we need to focus on this for the body of Christ. And they decided to pick the month of November, starting at the first Sunday, for uh, churches globally to put a focus on prayer and understanding knowledge for Christians to stand in solidarity for the believers in restricted and persecuted areas. And so that's where that came out in the 1990s. Hundreds of thousands of churches every year participate. And so November 1st to be the launch of the International Day of Prayer for the Persecuted Church, which a lot of people refer to is IDOP. And so we're inviting believers uh, to ask the Lord, how can I support my family around the world and um, be involved with IDOP. What God is doing is God's people are seeking him in prayer and then moving out in faithful obedience. Uh, so that's IDOP this year. And um, yeah, so hopefully we're going to have a lot of people involved. Yeah, that's great. Well, you know, one thing I see that uh, SOM is uh, moving forward and supporting is the church planning work that is happening in Bangladesh. Now, uh, Bangladesh, you don't hear of a lot of missionaries going there. It's a very, very difficult place for the gospel. Uh, tell me a little bit about Bangladesh. How difficult is it to get a church started in a place like that? Yeah, well, Bangladesh is over 90 percent you know, Muslim majority, so it's very devoted to Islam. It has the one of the greatest gatherings. I mean, they say second biggest gathering in the world of Muslims are four to six million. So it's a very committed Islamic nation. Um, within Bangladesh, though, are um, Hindu minorities, Buddhist minorities, animists, and then a, a few Christians. It's 0.3% of, of Christians in Bangladesh. So a small minority. And so obviously Bangladesh is considered unreached nation where, you know, you know, Muslims just don't have the access to the gospel, uh, to Bibles, to any of those things. So the, the, the very small Christian influence there uh, is as good as it gets. And so we stand to assist our, the, the Bangladeshis there. And um, we have uh, SOM Bangladesh there. And our, our brother, um, uh, Joseph, you know, shared in, in the most recent newsletter we did here, is it, he said this, I just want to quote him. He said, when I first moved, I saw a vision. The Lord showed me that I am not just a pastor of 200 families. The Lord showed me that I must be a pastor of thousands and thousands of people. Now, what he goes on to share is how God during COVID-19, during this year, has fulfilled more of that where there's an outpouring of the Spirit, Mark, and how all these Bangladeshis are coming to Christ and are hungry for his word. And they've even started, you know, church planting schools and uh and so how the the and COVID-19 has been a tool that God has used to ultimately fulfill his his heart and, and his vision so it's amazing how ironic that is and counterintuitive how 
God has brought such hope through such a difficult year for most people in 2020. Well, tell me a little bit more about these church planting schools. I know that we had some that we've talked about in previous episodes over in India, but this is new in Bangladesh. Uh, what's this church planting school like, and uh, what kind of men are being drawn to this kind of uh, really incredible frontline sort of ministry? So again, you can understand that these the what, what the people that we get to serve are the most vulnerable and um, disenfranchised. Uh, you know, we're working with um, one of the, the, in fact, the most responsive right now are the the Hindu minorities and the Buddhist minorities. They're very discriminated, and um, this is what's amazing. What most people have a hard time believing and understanding is some of the villages we're working in. They're are, they're mostly illiterate. So we are actually coming in and trained in an oral manner there, illiterate believers to be church planters. <laughs> and that now that is contradictory to most people's again intuition be able to happen. But you'll know, see the word of faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. And God brings his wisdom through the Holy Spirit, and these believers are hearing the word, and then we're giving them audio Bibles to be able to continue to feed on the word. And they're growing with one another and in relationship with one another for accountability, for growth, for doing life together. And so they're finding themselves approved by the Lord and through the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And then they're going out and telling others about uh, Jesus. And so, what's again, what's unique is these are very important impoverished believers, very uneducated. They're they're not empowered leaders. They're not the typical people that you would pick for to make a movement to bring change a nation. But doesn't that sound kind of familiar, um, you know, Mark in history uh, of who maybe some of the people that Jesus picked? <laughs> the uh, the disciples come to mind that uh, many of them were uh, less than highly educated men, and yet they were bold for Christ, and they were they were trainable, and they were willing to make bold steps for Jesus, and that's what we see here happening right now in Bangladesh. These men who are uh, sticking out their necks and making bold moves for Jesus. So, hey, when we get back, let's talk a little bit more about uh, what's happening in Bangladesh and how our listeners can get involved in the ministry of uh, SOM International. Can you imagine trying to disciple a church with only one Bible? This is Mark Stafford from At Risk Radio, and our contacts in Venezuela are telling us incredible stories about people coming to know Jesus, all the while pastors are missing Bibles for their people. After receiving a Bible from our ministry, one man said with tears in his eyes, no one has ever given me such a beautiful gift. At Risk Radio, in our partnership with SOM International, is working to bring 2 million Bibles into Venezuela. For more information about how you can help, go to atriskradio.com. Welcome back to At Risk Radio. I'm online with David Witt. David Witt is the CEO of SOM International. Now, uh, David, I am reading this incredible story uh, from one of our church planters in Bangladesh. Uh, It says here, and I quote, devout Hindus spied on the new Christians. One day, while a small group gathered in Bash's home to worship, an angry mob came and warned him to stop the prayer meeting. They said to leave the village, otherwise they would soon cut him to pieces like chicken. You know, that it's an incredible story that he tells here because uh, where I live, the worst they're going to do is, you know, make fun of me. But one thing that I think 
all of us who have a heart for the persecuted church, uh, one thing that's really impressive to us that is um, inspiring to us is these are men who are willing to go out and to preach the gospel boldly, even when their lives are being threatened uh, and actually threatened quite violently in this case. Um, tell me a little bit about the kind of leaders that we are supporting through SOM International and the kind of risks that they're taking out there for the gospel. Yeah, well, they're the kind of men that God is converting is truly those who have been broken. Uh, they're desperate. They they found no peace uh, in their religion. And uh, so even our, our brother Joseph uh, from uh, Bangladesh talks about it. Uh, here's a quote from him that he that just in our relationship. And he says, this is direct quote, Christians are confessing their sin and carnal Christians are repenting and returning to Jesus. So there's just a revival in those who had at one time or another identified with Christ. But we are also seeing Muslims, Hindus, Buddhists, fearful about death and seeking to know more about Jesus. And historically, very few wanted to hear about Jesus because of religious fundamentalism. And so God is just shaking the world. He's shaking Bangladesh right now. And and yet there's obviously at times, uh, you know, as they stand strong now, there's those who have gotten even more fundamental for their faith and, and threatening with cutting them up like a chicken. Uh, and, and part of that behind that story, too, is the, the church planter called and he said, you know, I, I don't know. I'm afraid um, if we should stay or not. And, and the, the regional director had leader encouraged you said well did who called you to that village and he said well god did and he said then god's going to protect you and if they take your life we will bury you well and that strengthened his his inner man to remembering his calling that first love and he continued on there and he was able to start a um a house church in that village and really bring a lot of transformation and, and Mark, another context, that story is many times one of the threats in the Muslim world and the Hindu world is that when people die, um, you know, they're not going to um, have a, they're not going to be buried. You know, it burial is a big deal. When somebody dies, the whole community pitches in to bury the, you know, to literally dig the hole and to honor their family and, you know, everything and get a coffin and everything. Well, you can imagine if you're Hindu background or, or Muslim background, who's going to dig the hole? Who's going to show up? Who's going to uh, prepare the body? Who's going to build the box? And 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 where are you, is your body just going to be thrown out to the animals? That's really scary. The the enemy plays on that uh, and the dishonor involved. And so one of the things that the believers have to come together is working together and assuring one another that you know what if you die for the gospel, we're going to take care of you. We got your back. We got your family. And that was what was communicated between those two. We got your fa- we got your back. We're going to bury you well. In other words, we're going to take care of your family. We're going to take care of your bury your literal body. And so that's so important. And that's the that's part of what God talks takes, uh, talks about when we to love one another and to give preference, especially those who suffer uh, in the household of faith. And we're commanded that in Scripture. And that's what these believers in Bangladesh certainly are exemplifying as they're loving each other and standing together in solidarity. I've heard you quote a verse many times as this verse here, when a man's ways please the Lord, he makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. How does that verse apply in this situation? Yeah. Well, what, what we see happening through the whole Indian subcontinent 
uh, is that as as God's changing the hearts of you know past religious believers of all kinds of fundamental you know persuasions, is God makes their heart clean. So all of a sudden now they're they're loving their family. Um, you know, the men who were alcoholics and were beating their wives all of a sudden have love in their heart for their wives, their children. And then the neighbors begin to, to notice that. They begin to clean their house more. They begin to conduct their business in a, in a better way. And, um, and so, uh, you know, many of these people who historically have been enemies of Christ and the gospel, uh, God is, is winning their hearts because the persuasion of their goodness. And it mirrors the goodness of God that leads people to repentance. And that's what the gospel does when it gives these people have never heard the name of Jesus before a new nature. It's the nature of Christ. You know, people see the, the change, just like God talked about in the scriptures, uh, the Holy Spirit is, is equated to the wind. We don't know where the wind comes from, but we don't know where it goes. But what do we, what do we know when the Holy Spirit, uh, or what do we know about the wind? It blows the wind. It blows the leaves. We see leaves moving. So we know there's a wind. We feel it on our body. It's the same with the Holy Spirit. We can't see the Holy Spirit, but we could see what the Holy Spirit does. We can see what the Holy Spirit moves in people's lives. And that's exactly what's converting our enemies and making them at peace um, with, with believers as they're humbling themselves before God. So the stories we're hearing come back out of uh, Bangladesh is that, first of all, there are some ladies who are involved with uh, ministry in Bangladesh where they're taking sewing, uh, sewing machines and they're uh, making uh, clothing and masks and, uh, and various items for uh, the other villagers. And they're using that as a bridge for the gospel. There's even a story that we probably don't have time to get into today about how one of the uh, Senegalese government officials came and was thanking these ladies for what they were doing and the ministry that they had. And he was not a believer. He was a Muslim. And so what we're seeing is that this is an opportunity to make bridges for the gospel. But one of the big needs that we see that the church planners have is for something as simple as a bicycle. If they can get a bicycle, they can get to multiple villages. They can not just plant two or three churches, but sometimes seven or eight churches because they just have the transportation to get there. That's true in Bangladesh. That's true in India. We're seeing as uh, the church planting ministry is growing in Senegal that we're also needing bicycles there. So tell me a little bit about how people can get involved with the ministry of SOM International and providing things like bicycles for church planters. Yeah, Mark, that's the way that we're assisting the leaders in these restricted and unreached areas with tools. And so if people would like to know more about Bangladesh specifically, as we've highlighted uh, the, the newsletter and information, I'm just going to encourage everybody to go to at-risk radio and uh, contact us and let us know that they're interested in the information update about Bangladesh. It has all these tools listed and they can really begin to pray about that, how maybe the Lord would have them involved in standing with our global family and specifically as we be able to applaud what God's doing in Bangladesh. And I'm looking forward to our time talking about Africa. I think that's coming on a podcast. We've talked about Mark, Mark and we talk more about what you mentioned cynical because I'm excited about talking about what the Lord's doing there too. Great. Well, hey, to be kept up to date about what God's doing within the church at risk all over the world, make sure you go to atriskradio.com, sign up for the newsletter. I'm Mark Stafford, and this has been At Risk Radio. You've been listening to At Risk Radio. For more, go to atriskradio.com. At Risk Radio is a production of SOM International.